welcome to Embody Your Soul. This is your host, Alexandra Shelley, also known as BB by many, and I am a 20-something psychic medium channeler. And on the Embody Your Soul podcast, this is where we get real comfy and discover how we can connect to our most divine selves, embody our soul through spiritual connection, wisdom, mentorship, and best practices. Thank you guys so, so much for holding space for my work. It is such an honor serving you through spirit. And I just get the greatest joy out of just really, really serving you guys and sitting here and recording this podcast. It just, I hope you hear it, but I have the biggest smile on my face. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you, Spirit, for bringing me here. So I am really excited to introduce you guys to this next guest. She's actually a mutual friend of my dear friend, Robbie McInerney, who has been a dear friend, but also mentor because he is such an incredible genius entrepreneur. And I love his clothing. It's Wilbo, by the way. Will B.O. Just just plug because I love him and I'm obsessed with him and I love supporting entrepreneurs and friends. Anyways, this gorgeous soul, her name is Darby Jackson and she is a Reiki master, priestess, and channeler. And we actually met via Instagram because Robbie was like, yo girl, you should follow Biebs, which was like, okay, that is so, so nice of you, Robbie. And so we connected on Instagram and here we are, we had a conversation and I just really adore her story. It is so empowering. And honestly, it's one of the stories that we definitely need to hear right now, because I think a lot of us honestly are really bowing out of this hustle burnout culture. Um, I know I bowed out, (laughs) or let's just say spirit um, bowed me out. And, you know, um, again, I just really, really love her story. I love what she's about. I love her values. So Darby, um, for four years, she was one of the founders and investors of this female um, beverage company or female beverage company. It was founded by women, but it was this beverage catered towards, um, why am I, geez, it was this, anyways, it was a beverage catered towards like women and like whole nutrition XYZ. And it was literally her team, her and her other founder, were named by Forbes as one of the food and beverage industry's women to watch in 2019. And this became a multi-million dollar business. And four years later, she's looking back and she's like, holy shit, I am in the worst place in my life. I absolutely hit a wall and I'm burnt out. I'm done. So this was the start, dun, 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 of her gorgeous, perfect, amazing spiritual awakening. So after reevaluating her life and her goals, she left the startup and her and her family moved up to Lake Tahoe where they can start building and living a slower and more intentional life, which I love. So now Darby is a gorgeous Reiki master, channeler, and priestess who works with clients to help them heal and find better internal alignment. She's also the mother to 
literally oh my god one of the cutest 14 month year olds i have ever seen in my life his name is roan also coolest name ever and is an avid believer of plant medicine the power of its healing an advocate for its awareness and also as we know a huge advocate for the deconstruction of burnout culture i love this conversation because i couldn't stop thinking of questions to ask her. I still have a million more questions to ask her and I really, really cannot wait to keep being connected with Darby. She is absolutely wonderful. She is so kind. She is so sweet. And I learned so, so much from her. And the most gorgeous thing about this podcast is every single conversation I have is the conversation that I know I needed in that moment. It is just so divine. It is so kismet. And I hope you feel inspired. And I hope you feel really connected when you sit down and listen to us. So anyways, you can connect with Darby on Instagram at Darby Jackson underscore. And you can find her online at uh, DarbyJackson.com. And her email is Darby at DarbyJackson.com. I will also put all of that in the show notes. Don't you worry. So again, a beautiful conversation. And let's just get right to it. Thank you so, so much for listening. Let's go. Hit record just as like a little backup. But anyways, (laughs) thank you so much, Darby, for being open to this and like you're so lovely and it's so hilarious that we have such a dear dear mutual friend um and yeah i'm so excited to like learn more about you and like about your work and just get all connected thank you i'm excited too it's very kismet our meeting yes i love it so much um no and i was also (laughs) I was definitely looking through your Instagram and like, <laughs> I just love the photos that you've taken of your little babes. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> and <Yeah>. Thank you. <laughs> so he's adorable. He's such a little gem and <sighs> he's pretty darn cute. <laughs> so, um, but anyways, so I love to start off the podcast with this question. So in your own words, what does it mean to embody your soul? Mm, Yes, great question. To embody your soul, I I believe that every human comes here with a purpose. So we're born into this world, into this human body as a spirit. And when we come into this world, we forget, right? We forget why we came here. We forget what our purpose is and the purpose of being on this planet is to have a human experience and to remember why we are here. So that remembrance is getting back in touch with our soul or the piece of our soul that decided to embody. Mm. So when you say to embody the soul, it means to me to remember. Mm. Why did you come here? What is your purpose? What is the greater purpose of humanity? Mm. I love that answer so much. And I love that you just kept really saying remember. And that was such like a beautiful reminder for me too. Um, that when I'm feeling lost, like even like this these last three weeks for me have been so like, 
you know, tumultuous, but very divine, but it's all been a process of like remembering like, what is my purpose here on earth? So I love, I love that answer very, very much. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would love to hear just kind of what was that moment or that instance where you were like, this is, I mean, not to get like back to like, I sound so funny, but kind of back to like the embodying your soul. Like when you were in a space, you're like, this is just not it. Like I am not embodying myself. I feel really far away from who I am. I need to start kind of getting back to me and what I value. Mm-hmm. And there have been a lot of phases mm-hmm. of that in my life. So I had a phase of that when I was in college Mm -hmm. and I was playing water polo at UC Berkeley. I was on the U S women's national team, like on a trajectory of going to play in the Olympics. That was always my goal, my everything. And I got to a point within that experience where it was no longer serving me for a number of reasons. It didn't feel in alignment. I was out of alignment with my coach. There was some Mm. verbal abuse that was going on there. There was just a lot of real negativity. And that could be a longer story for a different time. But that was, that was my first sort of mini awakening, if you will, that was, oh, this, this is no longer serving me. This is no longer a part of my purpose. So Mm. I stopped playing and that forced me to have a bit of an awakening. So I leaned into sort of your typical, starter pack spiritual books like <laughs> you know the secret the the power of now sort of those kinds of things right started reading them and you know 19 20 years old and was like wow okay this is mm. this is pretty cool this feels in alignment and i started journaling every day and doing the practices and i completely changed my life completely changed my life So that was kind of stage one of the awakening. There were other smaller stages in between that. And then right around the beginning of my Saturn return, Mm. so I was 28, was when the biggest one hit. And so what happened there was I, a year or two prior, had opened my own business as a holistic health coach and was doing really well there. I was on the local news station. Um, I was... being published and had tons of clients was like sold out. It was doing really, really well. And I had an opportunity where someone came to me and said, Hey, I have an idea for a a beverage company. There was no, nothing was built in terms of the beverage company. Like, would you be interested in helping me? You're a holistic health coach. Like you could help build the product. Um, This would be built for women. So I think you'd be a great partner. So I said, yes. And I jumped all in and kind of pivoted away from the holistic health coaching into building a business. Mm. And this was a rocket ship from the beginning. I mean, it was really difficult, but what my business partner and I ended up doing was building a first of its kind ready to drink protein shake. So it was a competitor to muscle milk but that was geared towards the modern wellness consumer. So instead mm. of like broken biceps that you typically get from marketing in, in uh, the protein space, this was softer. It wasn't, it was kind of the like outdoor voices to the Nike, Ooh, right? So like yeah. 
kind of more hardcore athlete and outdoor voices being just for everyone. So that was, that business took off. It took four years of my life and I went full on. I'm a Capricorn. I'm a workhorse. I love to build. And so I went all in. I put my own money into it. I, you know, dedicate my partner and I didn't pay ourselves for years. Mm. We fundraised. I mean, this became like a million dollar business. We raised millions of dollars from venture and Silicon Valley. Like this was a really amazing thing or it looked like it from my, on the outside. I, on the inside though, was really suffering. I was having a really, really hard time. Um, I was so burnt out. I was so tired. I felt so disconnected from, my true passions, despite it looking like a holistic health coach builds beverage. It looked really good on the outside, but I was, I was very unhappy. So long story short, I decided at the end of 2019, I was like, I'm, I need to take my life back. Mm -hmm. I was in a really, really dark place. I had moved my husband and I to LA and I just said, I can't do it anymore. And I left. And that was the beginning of this awakening for me it was I am not my work I am not the money that I make I am a spiritual being having a spiritual you know human experience on this planet and there's so much more here for me so that awakening process is I mean it's still happening Mm -hmm. but there were a, a number of really kismet things that happened over the course of the next year that helped accelerate that ascension if you will Mm. so I sat in my first so I left the company my husband and I were in a very not so great place financially after pouring everything into this company we moved in with a friend in San Francisco and just started like rebuilding our lives Mm. and um I was able to take some space to rest and it was interesting. I started reading more of those spiritual books. So Gabby Bernstein has always been someone that I've really looked up to and respected. And I started doing a lot of her work and I started talking to the universe and spirit guides and seeing things. And it was very, very clear that the universe was in communication with me. Mm. So then what happened was my husband and I for a year or two had just been really casually talking about doing some kind of plant medicine ceremony. Mm-hmm. We'd heard a little bit about ayahuasca and I had my reservations. I had played around with microdosing mushrooms before while I was uh, fundraising for my previous company, but that was more of a very patriarchal, like I'm in a microdose so that I can produce more and I can be creative and I can make things instead of being ritualistic and ceremonious about it. Mm. So I wanted to take a different approach to this. So it was interesting that plant started, your grandmother started showing up everywhere. Friends were talking about it. I was put in touch with someone that did magnificent work with that plant. And so my husband and I sat in our first ayahuasca ceremony in early 2020. And I had an incredibly profound experience and that changed my life forever. And then there were a number of things that happened after that as well. But that's really the big one that helped me lean into where I am now. Oh my gosh, I love all of that so, so much. And what I love about it most was that you 
allows yourself and your husband as such a beautiful team, what it sounds like is like, let's begin again. And you like didn't have any shame in that, like no matter where you were and like you took yourself to like these amazing milestones to what it may seem like to the outside world, but you're like, this is not mine and I need to begin again and like put myself, not even that you were falling apart, but it's just like actually look at myself as a whole spiritual being. So I love that. And that's such a beautiful, even like something I need to hear too, because of course, like I want to have a really beautiful, abundant business and life and like life with my future partner. But then it's also like such a beautiful message for me to be like, okay, Biebs, like really look at how you want to create this business. Like, you know, you want to make sure you're doing it. I mean, which I know I am in my heart, but just like know that I'm doing it because like of service and like, you know, working as a team with not only yourself, but your life and your partner. So anyways, I don't even know if that made sense, but I loved all of that. Thank you so much for sharing. It does. It's easy to get lost in when you have such accelerated growth like that in a business, it's easy to get lost in the press and the money and Mm. all of the things and lose yourself. And that's what happened is I totally lost myself. I was no longer in alignment with what the, you know, it's a great business. It's still Mm. doing great, but um, it just wasn't in alignment with me anymore and how I wanted Mm. to work and how I wanted to show up in the world. Mm. And it was a huge lesson for me in fear setting. So it was like, what's the worst case scenario? And it kind of happened, but I like to do that with anything. It's like, okay, if it gets that bad, I can always, you know, I, I left, I had no money. The universe set me up with a friend so we could live with him. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I figured it out. I scrapped my shit together and was able to start to make money. My husband got a really great job and we, you know, bought really cheap food and (laughs) we figured it out and we started rebuilding our life from the ground up again. And it was totally worth it. It was a huge expansion for me. I mean, had Mm. that, those four years not happened, I, I wouldn't be where I am. And that's another one of the biggest learnings I've had through this process is there are dark times, there are dark moments that we go through, but we go through those moments of turmoil in order to get to the other side, which is our gift. Mm-hmm. And so while it's hard to be in that darkness, knowing that there's that crack of light coming through and that we're heading towards a gift, a greater expansion, a lesson is such a beautiful guide for us. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's so amazing. I know I'm so, I have like so many questions for you, but I need to like get my ADHD together and just do it one at a time. Um, so yes. How did you get into Reiki? And what I think is so gorgeous about Reiki, and maybe there's like more to this, but I feel, or maybe you have an opinion on it, but I feel like Reiki is like everyone can do Reiki because it's truly tapping into our beautiful, magnificent, magnetic energy as a human being and literally using our intuition and just us, our bodies to hold space and to heal and support in whatever way. 
And I don't know, I just, I just think it's so wonderful. And it's such a beautiful reminder that like, we're all healers and we can all heal heal ourselves. We can all be a healing force in whatever way that is. But anyways, I would love to hear, you know, how you got into Reiki, how it's changed you. I mean, even I'm so fascinated with like, you know, cause my world has totally opened up now with like this spiritual experience of mine and like quite literally going outside and just viewing nature so differently and people and energies and interactions. And I would love to hear, cause you're in Tahoe, right? Yeah. yeah. Like how, I don't know, for some reason I was like, wow, how gorgeous is that you live like literally in such a beautiful place and you got to walk outside and you just like feel, and you are just like this force of energy, like amongst the trees and whatever. Anyways, I'm just like going off, but <laughs> Yeah, well, I can start with sort of how Reiki became a part of my life and became now what I'm doing full time. Mm -hmm. So I actually started practicing Reiki way before it was cool. Um, (laughs) I started doing it when I was in high school. So like 16 years ago, my mom was doing it. My mom's both my parents are very open, very Mm -hmm. alternative. And my mom started doing it. And she said, hey, you know, you should you should try this out. It's energy work. And I thought, okay, why not? And All I knew, so I mentioned that I was a water polo player. I was playing water polo in high school. I would go get these Reiki sessions, and then afterwards, I'd have an incredible game Mm. or an incredible weekend, and I'd feel super confident, and I had an easier time socially, and it just was like things flowed. Mm. So I thought, oh, wow, there's actually, there's something to this. And I'd feel really relaxed when I left the sessions, and I loved the woman that I was working with. So Mm. I started practicing regularly with her. And would even receive a lot of remote sessions from her, which is what I do now. I do all remote Reiki sessions. And then right after college, I just fell even deeper in love with, especially after going through that hard time and that transition of leaving that water polo life that I had, she was instrumental for me. And so I asked her one day, I said, is this something that I can learn or do I need to be born with the ability to give Mm. Reiki? Like, how does this really work? And she said, no, it's something that you can learn. And so I I said, well, can I learn it? Mm. And so she took me under her wing and she, um, helped me get to level one and level two in the most beautiful way. And that was to your earlier point about, you know, is this something that we can learn or do you need to be born with? I think, or I believe that everyone has the ability to you know, be a channel or be a medium or, you know, do Reiki. It's simply a matter of learning how to get out of our own way from a human perspective and allow those channels, that energy, those messages to come through and to have sort of the right guides along the way, both Mm -hmm. from a spiritual perspective and a human perspective. So I, with Reiki specifically, you get attuned. So basically opened up to these channels and you allow, you become a vessel for the Reiki energy to come through. Mm-hmm. And that Reiki energy typically comes through the hands. Mm-hmm. And then you do work on people's bodies with mm-hmm. those hands. But as you unlock the different levels of Reiki, you can start to do that work from a distance. Mm-hmm. And just in short, kind of the way that that works is using the quantum field. Mm-hmm. So from a from in quantum physics or in in life but as explained by quantum physics 
everything is a vibration. The chair that you're sitting on, the wall behind me, you as a human being are a vibration. So are energetics, feelings, emotions. They all carry a frequency and a vibration. We all have as human beings our own unique energetic signature. So we can use Reiki energy and channel that energy to help clear blockages in the body to help raise energetic vibrations, your energetic signature. And it can be done through the quantum field, through vibrations, because despite you and me, you know, you being in Southern California, me being in Tahoe, I can use vibration to send that to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So incredible. Oh, I'm trying to think of like which question to ask first. <laughs> um, how has Reiki um enriched your relationships like whether with yourself with your partner with your baby with your friends with your work like I mean even just as like someone who's also in the field and you know I'm young and I'm still like learning my way and making my way I'd love to you know hear from you how it's really affected you yeah from a personal perspective to start when I learned Reiki myself. I began practicing it on myself all the time. And I went from being a really terrible sleeper to an incredible sleeper. So I do Reiki on my stomach and my chest every night. I still do it as I fall asleep. I have a hand on my heart and a hand on my stomach or both hands on my stomach and I'm out like that. So it's been transformative just from that really like obvious perspective. It has helped me sleep that's been really, really wonderful. Mm. I use Reiki all the time for everything. So here's an example. When my husband and I got married, I spent the months prior, you can send Reiki to different spaces and times. Mm. So I just spent months sending Reiki to that day, right? Mm. That I would be calm and it'd be, everything would go smoothly and we'd both be able to be really present. And Mm. so I just sent a lot of Reiki to that day. And then I remember that day as I was walking down the aisle with my mom, my mom is also attuned to Reiki to the second level. And she said one of the symbols out loud to me (gasps) and she was, and it just, it just, we both just dropped in right away and it was like oh okay this energy is here the day was beautiful it was perfect everything was amazing i remember it i was present in my body and so it was just an amazing way to use that energy to help me stay grounded and centered in a day where you're normally a little like frazzled and a lot of people Mm -hmm. say they don't remember their wedding day because there's just so much going on Mm -hmm. so that was another example of just a really beautiful way that i was able to use that energy Another example, I use it, I use it on my son all the time. So if he's having trouble falling asleep or his teeth are hurting you, he's teething right now and that's really painful or he's having a tantrum or something like that, I use Reiki to help him soothe and calm or I'll, you know, every time I put him down for a nap or for nighttime sleep, I'll do some symbols over him, just just protection and to help him be a little bit calmer. And still, I use it when I have big events or moments. I'll send it ahead of time or I'll send it backwards. I did a, a live on Facebook a couple of weeks ago where a group of us got together and did some Reiki and we sent it to the Ukraine and Russia just to help bring a little bit of peace and, and calm to both sides. And so that was a really beautiful experience. So there are a number of ways to use it. Sometimes I'll even bless my food 
it just becomes an integral part of everything that I do. I love that so much. And it was interesting. Also, correct me if I was, if I'm wrong, because I was like, I wanted, I remember it was a little bit ago. I just wanted to look up like worded Reiki start. And it was from this, this gentleman in Japan, but it was only like in the 1920s, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it started in Japan. Um, I want to say his last name was Utsua, mm-hmm. I believe. And yeah, so the Reiki energy came through him. And so you can trace back the lineage of Reiki through every Reiki master. There's basically like a family tree that comes out directly from him. Mm. Well, that's what I thought was so fascinating was I was like, I thought it was around for like hundreds and hundreds of years. And I was like, this is kind of newish, which is so beautiful and so amazing um how even like ancient wisdom is like really tapping into like us now that wasn't like the most eloquent but anyways I was like very surprised I was like I thought this was like millions of years old but that's what's I don't know it's so so gorgeous and um I think it's interesting, and I think we're seeing this a lot now with the changes in vibration and frequency on our planet, mm-hmm. is there are a lot of new modalities, energies, wavelengths that are coming onto our planet to help support us in this ascension process. Mm-hmm. So I, my belief, my understanding is that that is like a new modality that has come in to help support humanity and its growth. Yes. And there are other things that have made themselves known that are helpful for humanity. So like human design, right, is is newer. So I think that that's like a blueprint that's come in to be more helpful. And I'm sure there are a number of other ones that I just can't think of right now. But that's my take on it. Mm, I love that. No, you're so right. It's been super wild, like going in like the last like five years, just seeing everyone really tapping into their like energetic power like whatever that is I know this girl who's doing my or helping me with like my business strategy like she's just been recently tapping into like tarot and her spirit guides and like I'm helping her out but it's just like it's so beautiful watching people now implement these modalities like into their everyday lives and it's not weird anymore it's actually welcomed and it's celebrated and it's like such an honor to be in this generation I feel like because we would have I mean for thousands of years like us women were like burned at the stake <laughs> oh my gosh I hear you <laughs> so cute oh yeah we can we can take a quick break my husband's just grabbing something in the room oh my gosh no you're good <laughs> just a sec you're good um okay anyways um thank you trying to balance different rooms and working and i stuff i could imagine but back to your point and at this point of there being changes in energies and frequency and people accepting those changes it's it is beautiful to see how so many of us are being affected by this raise in frequency on the planet Mm. And that it's, it's almost like we have to, it's, are you familiar with entrainment? Energetic entrainment is when something is vibrating up 
up here and then something else is vibrating down low they if they're to get if they're in the same space they must meet they must vibrate at the same frequency and so it's forcing this lower frequency energy to shift up like it 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 has to happen it can't not and it's very uncomfortable Mm -hmm. that's why you know we have these per like just all of these things that are happening right now it's very uncomfortable but my view is that we are all headed towards a greater place, a higher energetic vibration as we vibrate out these kind of old ways of being. Honestly, no. And I like, I don't know if you experienced something similar. I mean, it's like so amazing that your family is like super tapped in and like your mom's attuned as well. But if you kind of received any like judgment from friends or like other people in the community or like in your community. Um, Cause when I experienced that, it was just so interesting. I'm like, what is something wrong with me? Like, am I like this crazy person? And you know, and then it was really, what's so hard is like, we're not better than everyone else. Like just because we do this work, but it is like, when we stepped into our power, which is like obviously the higher frequency, I was like, holy shit, this is why it is so, (laughs) sounds so California. It was so gnarly because everyone was like, okay, okay, okay. What's happening? What's happening? What's wrong with BB? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And it was like, no, actually like I just have balls and I'm stepping into my power for the first time. And people were just like, what the heck is happening in the world and everything around me? It was just, it was pretty wild. So like, did that kind of happen at all when you were like, nope, I'm resetting my life. I am focusing on this. Or was it an easy or smooth transition? It was definitely not smooth. I mean, it's been a long time coming. Mm -hmm. My husband and I have always been like alternative in the way that we've done things. It hasn't always been from a spiritual perspective, but for example, like 12 years ago, we were putting butter in our coffee and making bulletproof coffee. And people were like, you're nuts. What are you doing? Oh my God. So just, just small examples like that, where it's just kind of, we've always been doing things that are a little bit different. So I think it primed our families for this like spiritual awakening, but Mm -hmm. What I've learned and what I think is important in this process is that we are mirrors to the people that are around us. And as mirrors, when we step into something or when we make a change, it does make people around you uncomfortable. Mm. And that's okay, right? Like, it doesn't mean that it's smooth, but it's okay because that's not a reflection of you. It's a reflection of them being uncomfortable with the changes that you have made and what I've learned is that I don't need to hold that space for people like I don't need to hold that space for you feeling uncomfortable because I don't drink alcohol Mm -hmm. like if that makes you uncomfortable or if you want to question that or make an offhanded comment or like what you're never going to drink again well that's I don't need to hold that for you you can ask me questions whatever but but I've learned that you, we are all mirrors for one another. And so if something is triggering me, it is about an issue that I have. It is about work and trauma that I need to do. 
So that is very similar to those that are around you. And also, as you step into this work and as you do things outwardly in the public, on Instagram, in podcasts, in talks, you start to get projected on all the time. We're All humans are projected on all the time, especially by our family members. They have a vision or a view of this is who you are. But that is constantly changing. And so going through this process, I've had to learn how to hold different projections that people have and be okay with whatever those projections might be. So it's really been a learning and I constantly come back to if it's uncomfortable, if it's creating, um, you know, making other people around me uncomfortable. One, let me look at myself. What is this triggering in me and how can I work on that for me? And then if it's triggering other people, okay, that's your thing, not mine. And I can let you work through that from a very respectful place, but it's not mine to hold. And being aware too is of the family constellation is if you are changing within the family constellation, it forces, it's like an axle, right? If your wheel turns, the other wheels will turn too. So it's been really beautiful to see how this expansion into a spiritual life has had an effect on those in our family and close friends. And that's been really beautiful. Mm. I love everything you said. And that's something I, I always try to remind myself too, is like the whole mirrors thing is like, we're truly, we, we absolutely are. And like, we can only control the way like we react and it exactly. was, it was just, it's just, yeah, it's always so interesting. Like, even when I got really bothered this morning, I'm like, okay, why am I so bothered by something so silly? Like, what is mm-hmm. my deal? Mm-hmm. And you know, like, I was, I was exploring this thing that I wrote yesterday that was about, you know, what if instead of trying to control the things around me, I simply worked on coming into greater alignment myself so that I could handle whatever it is that's going on around me. And I used that as an example. So my son's had a really hard time sleeping recently. Mm. And so every time I put him down for a nap or for bed, I'd find myself going, God, please just let him sleep. Please let him sleep. Just And just really trying to control him. But I had this realization that that was like, what if instead I was aligned enough I was centered enough to be able to hold whatever he brings me. So if he doesn't sleep, that I'm here to hold that space for him. Mm. That is so fantastic. Oh my gosh. I can't wait to like quote that later <laughs> with obviously props to you. That is so that's so wonderful and that's such a beautiful reminder to be like, okay, like we're human. Like, obviously, like, we're going to have ego, we are going to act on it, we're going to be, like, frustrated and judgmental and critical, but then it's like, okay, let's step back into the soul, which we truly, truly are, and let's observe, and let's just quite literally be eyes on what it is and what it isn't, and you know what? 
Okay, do you watch The Office? Because I was just finding myself doing the thing when Michael Scott's like, I forgot what I was saying, but I was like hoping to find it along the way. And like, that's what was happening, to be completely honest. I was like, I was like truly going somewhere with this. I love The Office, so (gasps) I get it. God, okay, because I love The Office too. Michael Scott is like my king. Um, But yeah, I, I love that so much. No, that's so, so wonderful. Like, how can I be able to hold space for this? Yes, I yeah, love like that. I, I see how, at least in my life, how that can bleed out into everything. So a situation happens where, you know, the car breaks down or mm. your boss yells at you or you miss a deadline or whatever the thing might be. Because those things are going to happen. So it's how do I hold my alignment Mm. and, you know, live in alignment so that those things don't make me crumble. And that's the greater purpose of meditation, centering, taking care of yourself. It's not because, sure, okay, like the research says it's good for you. And that's great. I love research. That's great. But Mm -hmm. but it's why am I doing this? I'm doing this so that I can handle when life throws me those curveballs or when things get tough, I can handle it better than I would if I wasn't out of alignment. And that's another reason for me, like I, I've been on this really interesting, like sober curious journey for the last two and a half years where I, I really stopped drinking alcohol in early 2020 And then after I had the baby, I just, after I had Rowan, I didn't really want to drink still because I was so tired. So I rarely, rarely would have a drink. And here I am 14 months after he was born and I still don't really want to drink alcohol. And so it was like this natural evolution of, Mm. of when I would have a glass of wine, I didn't feel as aligned the next day even if it was just one glass of wine. So it was like, it is so much more important to me. And again, this is what works for me. I no shade or judgment against people that drink and I'm in a sober curious place. So perhaps there is a place where I may want to have a drink in the future. But for me right now, it does not serve my highest purpose or my highest good. Mm. That's been a really interesting experience. And Then to layer on top of that, you know, when I was going through that time with my business of being so stressed out all of the time, I was using like a glass or two of wine every night to cover up Mm. and hide from myself. So it's like, okay, if we strip away the alcohol, we strip away the shopping, we strip away the TV, like we strip away all of these things, then I'm really forced to look at myself and my shadows and my trauma and not bury it and face it and heal it Mm, I love that so so much oh my goodness okay I'm trying to I was like I thought of like two questions and I like okay so how damn it I'm so bummed I was like oh okay yes 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 I'm back okay what do not enough people know about Reiki? And do you think there's a reason why? Well, I think from a really just 
like practical perspective, when I tell people that it can be done from a distance, they're like, what, how does that work? Um, so I think that's the biggest piece because all of my work is done from a distance and it's super impactful. So that I would say is number one. And number two, we, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but it's, it's not some special thing that I was born with. It's a tool. It's a frequency that you can tap into that you can learn no matter where you are in your life's journey or your ascension process or your awakening. Mm. And if you feel called to that, finding the right teacher, finding the right mentors and groups to help you lean into that practice is very much available to you. Mm. Mm. I love that. And is there, I was like, this is interesting. Um, Is there like, do people... (laughs) How does, I want to like try to put this into words because I think it'd be interesting to know. Do you think there are people that like unintentionally do Reiki? Like, like they don't think they're doing it, but they're doing it. Or like people actually can do it. Like whatever it is, like even if it's just like breathing, but I mean, I've been thinking like, oh, like have I ever unintentionally done it? Or like, is it also a part of something that is like, oh, this is actually technically Reiki kind of. I think that's really interesting Mm -hmm. Um, and something I might need to spend some more time thinking about, but just off the cuff, we're all energy and everything around us is energy. And so we can work with those energies. Absolutely. There are certain channels that we tune into that bring different energy. So Reiki is a channel that Mm. typically you are attuned to. So you're opened up to then be able to be a vessel for Mm. that energy coming through. Mm. My understanding is that you need to be attuned by a master in order to be able to access that energy. But are there ways to harness the power of energy, perhaps not exactly Reiki energy, and to have a similar effect? Absolutely. Mm. I mean, you can use mediumship, clairaudience, clairvoyance, whatever, or even visualization, astral traveling, projecting. I mean, you can use all of these different tools to help raise an energetic signature, clear negative energy, um, tap in. So I do think that there are a number of ways to be able to harness energy, clearly. In terms of tuning into that Reiki energy channel, my understanding is that you have to be attuned, but um, mm. perhaps that's changing because like I've, like I mentioned earlier, we are accelerating so quickly as a species on this planet. We are accelerating into our ascension so fast that rules and things are changing. I even just heard earlier this morning um, on a podcast that I was listening to a woman talking about babies that are now being born actually aren't forgetting so when they come through that veil of remembrance they actually still remember why they're here what they came to do because there's so much work to be done that there isn't time to go through that remembrance process throughout your lifetime so instead these children there's so much work to be done they come in already remembering so that to me that's another example of like oh the dynamics the energetics of things are changing really fast to help us in our ascension Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if people are tuning into Reiki without being um, opened up and attuned to it. Yeah, no, that's so amazing. And it just even goes back to just like, we are all just like, 
I mean, not that you have to be like a like be you know a Reiki healer in order like if you have the gift, but it's just like it's just we can all use this beautiful energy that is already within us for like everything we do and just like how we live and like function throughout the world. Um, yes, this is interesting. I guess it's like kind of controversial, but it's even something that I'm noticing, and obviously it's in every single profession besides light work, intuitive healing, whatever it is. But what have you, how have you seen like, how do I put this? Um, Not like Reiki gone wrong, but just kind of like, like, you know, when there's people that are gifted, but you're like, "Eh," like, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's weird because at first, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to, like, have all these medium friends. And I'm kind of like, oh, some some are, like, not that they're bad people. They're, like, I'm no better than them. But I'm just like, huh, interesting. Like, you would expect to be friends with, like, every light worker out there. And then you're kind of like, oh, like, it's just kind of, like, really selecting my community. Does that make any sense? Yeah, any time a being comes into more light, mm. so starts to embody more of the light, the way that you're doing, the way that I'm doing, the way that so many light workers are, more dark comes with that. Mm. And when I say dark, I don't mean that you now become a bad person. It's like the ego becomes really slippery, like as you move more into the light. it's yeah. the, That's the essence of duality is so as we come into more of ourselves and more of our light we still we have to do even more work on our trauma and on our shadow because if we don't do that that's why you see so many big time um like john of god or right these people that carry so much light can be taken over by that darkness if they don't continue to do the work so you mm. never get to a place as a light worker mm. where you're done doing the work in mm-hmm. fact and, and more there's more and more and more work that you have to do so being cognizant of that is very important as you go into this work mm. the other piece though that i i think this is really interesting to think about my mentor told me this because she's been going through a lot of really tough stuff with like being hit with black magic and stuff like that from other people. And um, it's, there is good and bad, quote unquote, on this planet, light and dark. But from my perspective and what she mentioned is it's none of it's actually bad. It's just a part of your journey. So if you end up sitting in ceremony with a quote unquote, bad shaman or you have a reading with a bad medium that says something that scares you okay so that happened but that happened for you that happened for a reason Mm -hmm. that is part of your shadow that is then going to uncover a gem so it's not ever bad it's simply a decision that you made to get in touch with someone that Mm. may not be working in the light but that may bring you into the light even quicker because you have to work through some of the shadow aspects that that brought up for you. So I think that's just like a really interesting way to look at anything. If you're going through a tough time or darkness, this could actually be an opportunity for me. This could be a crack, right? So there's a crack, but that crack lets the light in. Mm -hmm. 
Oh my gosh. I am just screaming on the inside because I just love everything you said. It's just, it's so, so true. Like it's, there was something, there was something I heard from, um, it was like my, my psychiatrist. I feel like I should, I should be able to say that. I feel like people are like, no, don't say you go to a therapist or it's like, and it's like, no, I'm a person. Um, but he was like, God isn't like, if you believe in me, you're going to have a great time. Like, actually, if you believe in me, you'll suffer because life is like you're meant to. And the more it is so funny. I was even talking to my grandma and I was like, it's so funny because I feel like the deeper in my spirituality and my faith, it's like the less I know. It's like, I have the tools, I know what to do. I have I have the support system. I have an idea of like what I want to accomplish, but holy shit, I don't know anything. And it's just so interesting because I feel like that is what might trip people up. And that's that was a huge lesson I learned. You should read this book. Um, have you heard of Oneness by Rasha? I have not. It's absolutely magic. It's straight channeled. It's every single... I read it actually during lockdown. Um, and it was such a huge part of like my, my spiritual... I mean, I already kind of had like my... You know, I started my spiritual journey before that, two years before it. But this was like... Like it was huge spiritual awakening. And like every chapter, you're just like, holy shit, I needed it right this moment. But... I was like, I'm a medium, I know everything, woo! And it was like, actually, I don't. Like, the purpose and she, what she said in there was like, literally the purpose is just for you to become closer to you. And it's just it's just so wild because, I don't know, it, it truly breaks my heart when I see people doing really, really beautiful work. Like, they're, they want to, you know, really improve the environment or you know just face the world with like more you know more goodness and whatever it is like modalities that we use but then it's like they still have like there's still so much like coming to light and it's just so interesting because it's not like yeah like not that they're like bad people but you're just like it's just it's so interesting and it just it really is such a testament like you are constantly literally every single moment of every single day like you're still doing the work and that's what I even like chuckle with like me this morning it's like <laughs> like <laughs> I was so cranky but it was like I am not like a master at what I do I just have the tools and it's just so fascinating because it's never like end all be all when you finally are like I'm tapped in it's like no like there's still a lot more to go in the most beautiful divine way so I love how I love how you said that like how every single moment is such an opportunity and that was also honestly one of the reasons why like my my parents were so nervous about me getting into this work they're like you're you're not strong enough and like it's really dangerous out there and it's like well first of all I feel like I so I used to work for like the Los Angeles Times as like on their marketing team and like I remember interviewing one of their like famous journalists who did like who the guy who did Dirty John, like he is so intelligent and awesome. But then I getting to interview and know more about his new podcast that he came out with last year, they put themselves in such dangerous situations, like literally physically, mentally, emotionally 
in every single way. And I'm like, there's, there's danger in like anything that we can do. We can be taken down wherever, but also I love like what your, um, what your mentor said is like, you don't have to look like if you're faced with the darkness, you're like, Oh my God, I am overcome with like darkness and I'm going to become the devil. It's like, okay, this is an opportunity for me to repel this, but also to look at it as an opportunity, as I keep saying opportunity, as an opportunity rather than like letting it become something. Does that make any mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, exactly. I mean, I think that there's this fear around the darkness and what does the darkness mean and what does that do? But it's such an important part of the light because if there weren't the dark, there wouldn't be the light Mm -hmm. and vice versa. So what I've been working with recently is trying to figure out when I am in those periods of darkness, how do I make them so that they're not as hard? Mm -hmm. So, you know, thinking that the dark must be hard is... Mm. How much of that has been trained into me by the society that we live in, by the patriarchy, that you must grind, you must push, you must cry, it must be really hard. Well, what if it was just a space for learning and understanding and Mm. sure there's a breakdown within that, but does it need to be really hard? (gasps) I love that so much. Oh my goodness. Honestly, I, if you're down, like, because I... I'm so curious and so like obviously I'm not not ready in this moment but I'm so excited to like be a mom and like be pregnant because there is I remember like meeting a friend of a friend and she was talking about how she had a natural birth and she was like I feel like people like the media is like oh pregnancy and giving birth has to be like so hard and like just so like dramatic and like painful and she's like it's like a productive pain first of all like you're gonna meet your child that you created second of all like no it like is you don't have to make it that way and I just such a random story but I just feel like it just applies to like so many things in life is I feel Mm -hmm. like everything that hard just has to be like you're walking on shards of glass and it's like no like Maybe you'll get, like, a splinter, but you can pull it out and you can move things aside. Like, I feel like people make life so much harder for themselves than it actually is. Or, like, overuse, like, emotions or just overuse just because that's all they know how just to, like, make life harder. So, anyways, yeah, what I was getting at is, like, another episode on, like, just motherhood and pregnancy and, like, everything. Because, I don't know, I'm... I feel like it is going to be such a beautiful spiritual experience for me when I become a mom and I'm like so excited. I don't know. So that was a little off topic, but also on topic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my pregnancy and birth was wild and the postpartum, you know, version of that has just been crazy. So there's absolutely space to, to talk about that and to talk Mm -hmm. about the way that it's looked at. Mm-hmm. by society versus what is like intuitively stored in our DNA and the way to do things. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a whole, there's a, there's a lot to unpack there for mm-hmm. sure. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. So final couple questions. Um, 
What can you tell listeners what something they could like just start doing today? Something that they can just implement like in their everyday that honestly the question could have just ended there. I'm like, Beans, why do I keep doing this to myself? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think. In this moment, a lot of people would say, and there's no shade on that, but you know, meditate or self-care. But the purpose of all of that is awareness, in mm. my opinion. Awareness to yourself, awareness to your thoughts, awareness in the person that you are, in the situations that you're in. And so if we can start to bring awareness to how we operate. Why is it so difficult for me to sit in silence? Why can I not, why do I need to be on my phone the five minutes that I'm in the waiting room before Mm. seeing the doctor? Why is it so hard for me to sit with myself? Mm. Being aware of why does this person trigger me so deeply? What is the awareness that I can bring to myself into this situation to start to peel back the layers of what's, what's really here? Mm. So that awareness is incredibly important and a part of what I believe is the, the, our awakening, is having an awareness around who we are, what we do, why we think the way we think, why we do the things we do. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, incredible. And then how, what, okay, so not to like make it morbid, but when you cross over as a beautiful angel how would you like to leave this earth or like how would you like people to remember me or you kind of being like all right I did my job like I fulfilled my purpose Mm. well I think there's two answers there's the human answer Mm -hmm. which is you know I want to have been a great member of my family. I want to have helped bring peace and, and love, you know, sounds really hokey, but to, to this planet. And I want to have left a message with my son, my children on how to do things better than I did them and to hopefully continue with each generation to make things better than they are now. So from a human perspective, like that is important to me on a greater, like spiritual level. I mean, the, the like I've mentioned, the purpose of us being here is to remember and to remember that we are actually all one. We all come from the same source. We are all one. We are all the same, including the plants, the animals, the everything. We are one. So that is what I believe we're moving towards is we're moving towards remembering that we're all the same. Mm -hmm. And so my hope is that through me being a pillar of light in my family and in my community, that then starts to bleed out to those around me who are then become pillars of light themselves and live in alignment. And that, that is how we, make the change it's not a like I think about this quote all the time that screaming for or um fighting for peace is like screaming for silence and so not being aggressive or at least this isn't my style 
preaching to others on how they need to be rather living that life myself living in alignment myself and how that naturally starts to bring equilibrium and peace to those around me so that would be my that would be my goal (laughs) it would be a start to that so Oh, that is so, do you remember who that quote was said by? That is so beautiful. Someone really famous, like Gandhi or something like that. One of those those people. (laughs) Someone really, really enlightened. Oh my God. Literally, literally every spiritual leader. (laughs) Just kidding. They're all special. Um, Thank you so much. This was such a beautiful conversation. Lifted my spirits. I'm so happy we're now connected. And I can't wait for another conversation about motherhood and everything because I'm, again, I'm, it's, I'm not like, I'm like tongue spirit. I'm like, I'm not ready yet, guys. But I'm really, really looking forward to it. And I'm like getting really curious about it because, you know, I'm like 27 and stuff. But anyways, thank you so, so much. You're so wonderful. This was yeah, a wonderful thank conversation. Thank you so much. This was beautiful. Yay, Appreciate you. Of course. I think- You guys, what? How unbelievably gorgeous and magnetic was that conversation? I literally have never gone back so many times to re-listen to a quote or an insight. Oh my goodness. Isn't Darby magical? I love her so, so much and I'm so excited to now be connected with her. Ah! Anyways, you guys, I hope this episode, this conversation lifted your spirits and expanded you as much as it did for me. Definitely make sure to check Darby out on Instagram at DarbyJackson underscore. And if you're interested in her distance Reiki services, they are so, so stunning. Simply go to DarbyJackson.com. And... I love you guys so, so much. It means the world to me that, again, you sit or you stand, you you freaking drive, you brush your teeth, you do the dishes, you just simply listen. And I love you guys so, so much. It's an absolute honor to serve you and serve you with spirit. So anyways, I love you so, so much. And I cannot wait to hear what you guys loved about this episode. Please let me know what your favorite part was, if anything hit home, if you related to anything at all. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm like, ugh, at endings. But I also just try not to stress myself out. I just try to be myself, you know? You know? Anyways, I'm obsessed with you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I cannot thank you enough. And I will see you all next week.